If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast about life and business lessons from a quilter's point of view. I grew up making quilts alongside my mom in the traditional methods, cutting with scissors and cardboard templates, sewing without the benefit of squaring up, and then of course, hand quilting. Fast forward a few years, and these days I can be found behind my long arm, Stella, either quilting or teaching the art of quilting entirely freehand. Quilting has become my livelihood, and it is still my joy. Measure Twice, Cut Once will bring you stories from my experience, lessons learned, and crafting journeys from other makers as well. Today's guest is Sam Alberts. Are you an entrepreneur and know you need to communicate with your people, but writing emails is just so laborious? I get it. The blank screen mental block is real. I use Flowdesk as the email service provider in my business. It offers a truly elegant support system. Their email templates are beautifully designed and ready for you to personalize with your colors and logo. Are you sending newsletters, sales and specials, new offerings? Easy peasy. Just choose the template for the job and plug in your own details. So much of the writing has been done for you, so it's a much simpler matter to fine-tune it to be in your voice. No more staring at the screen. And honestly, Flowdesk is more than just an email service provider. They offer segmentation for organizing your contacts, landing pages for new offerings, workflows to automate tasks, and they recently added an optional checkout page for e-commerce sales. And it's seamlessly integrated to your existing email list. And what's even better, there are no pricing tiers based on how many contacts you have, so the price never goes up. For a limited time, you can get Flowdesk on your team for only $19.99 per month using the coupon link I've attached in the show notes. It's the best virtual assistant ever. All right, on to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. In your own crafting space, it's a good idea to keep your general trash, papers, plastics, etc. separate from textiles because textiles can be recycled. I've learned that there are recycling stations that accept drop-offs, but also there is quite a selection of thrift or secondhand stores that will accept them as well. You may need to contact your local places to find out specifics of what things they'll accept or if they want them to be sorted, but in most cases, it's a pretty easy process and really a pretty easy way to keep these bits out of our landfills. Sam Alberts is an incredibly creative machine quilter. When we first met online, she was living the solitary long-armor life in central and quite rural British Columbia, Canada. So if you've ever thought, I just don't have opportunities where I live, there's this reason why not, or that reason why not, you'll want to hear Sam's story. 
it goes to show you it can be done. As Sam says, quilting is like the family recipe, the same dish but a different flavor. She has successfully built not only a quilting service business, but is now branching out into teaching and helping other quilters find their own flavor. Let's meet her. Sam, welcome to the show. So nice to visit with you. Hi, nice to be here again, Susan. We had talked very early on in my podcast, and so this is kind of a second installment. I know that your business and your visibility as a quilter has grown a whole lot in that time, so I'm hoping to talk about some of that. But maybe give us a quick recap. What has the last year or two looked like for you? What are some highlights? Um, you know, last year I decided that I wanted to get out into the com- community a lot more. Uh, as a long armor, as you know, we're kind of isolated a lot in our own little rooms. We don't necessarily get out to stitch with friends very often. And I wanted to just see more of what was going on in the wider world of quilting. So I took advantage and went to Quilt Canada, which was in Vancouver this year which is near me. I'm in British Columbia, Canada. So I got to go and see my first big show and it was inspiring and game changing. I'd never been to a show of it, that kind of caliber before. And it opened up the world to me a lot about everything. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It was, it was just awesome. And then I, started participating in my guild a lot more taking more time to get out there and connect in real life with people again it's been amazing i had just started teaching right before covid hit so that kind of really stopped a lot of my progress in that sense so it's it's just been nice to get out and just start seeing people i ended up also loving the show in in vancouver so much that i came down and saw your show down in spokane and that was huge. Uh, what's the name of the show? I forget. It's the Washington State Quilters, and we're the Spokane chapter. Although, as far as I know, there's only one chapter. It's a book with one chapter. <laughs> well, it's a very long chapter. <laughs> it's a huge show. And there was so much. Yeah, for good or for ill, our show, one of the hooks they hang on is we have a lot of quilts to look at. Certainly, there was over 650 this year. So it's huge, huge, huge. Lots to see. Yeah. Yeah, I was on my feet all day. So it was just great to go and check out that show too. So I I got a couple bigger shows under my belt. And then I started traveling a little bit more, just sort of in the Kootenays, like in British Columbia here, and going to more shows and just seeing a lot more. So I've just really enjoyed that part of my year. And then I decided to switch my entire business around this past year and go digital which has been challenging and exciting and it's been a big learning curve. So big when you curve. when you say go digital, you mean you don't mean like you're quilting necessarily, that remains the same, but you're teaching, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about going digital in so far as making more of an effort online to be more present uh on social media and also to start teaching online. So I made my first course this past year and launched it and made a new website and 
I've started blogging again and just doing a whole bunch of things. I just recently started YouTube. So lots of things have been happening all kind of at once. Wow. You do have a lot of irons in the fire. Can I ask Sam, and we might want to circle around to this. You might want to think for a minute, but what is kind of your why that drives all this? Like getting to know you, I have my opinion about what drives you, but why do you choose to get out, meet people, do more teaching, be accessible to more people? I think that I'm good at it and I want to do it. Yeah. I, I, I think that people inspire me to be better and I want to inspire them to be better. And it's just very exciting. It's a very, it's a huge world that we're in this quilting world. There's so many faucets and, and, and people and personalities. There's just a lot to it. And I want to get out there and do more. I see more. I so agree. Like getting to know you the couple times that we've met, you really have a gift for connecting with people. And you're a very, very talented quilter. So the cross section of that, of course, is making that available to more people. And online courses, you know, it doesn't seem like that's been a really front runner in the quilting world until the pandemic. And now it seems like Everybody knows how to do that, knows how to purchase and access an online course. And it's wonderful for those of us who have gifts to offer, but don't necessarily want or have the ability to travel, right? So that's what you're tapping into. You can sit in your house in, you know, Southern British Columbia and reach the world. It's amazing. Which is amazing because... I I am quite isolated where we live too. You know, there's a mountain on this side, a mountain on that side. And, you know, it's not really easy traveling at all. We don't have an airport, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere and I can still be, you know, present and successful teaching online, not just in the summertime. Yes. The whole, the whole world of online courses has opened up an amazing world. My experience was a little bit like yours in that, you know, just before the pandemic, I was getting to the place where I thought, you know, I have enough to offer. I'd like to get out and start teaching. And the usual kind of road from there is you start traveling to quilt shows and you start offering classes in person. And that's how you grow your visibility. Well, that was not available. So pivoting, that's what we did, right? Pivoting. Well, and you were actually the one who inspired me to even try You know, uh, I watched you launch your first class and just take right off. And and you've just done so wonderfully on YouTube and everything that you've done, your podcast. It it was just so inspiring watching you, you know, pivot first. And then um, I was talking to Brandy Malowski and she basically kicked me in the butt and said, why aren't you doing it? Get on it. Like, go for it. And, you know, from there, it was actually pretty interesting because my region here in in the boundary area offered a free marketing course for small businesses so i decided to sign up for that and boy there's a lot it was it was a lot of information like digital marketing and online marketing and the person who was helping me with that we really skewed everything towards courses and i literally started to build my course right then and there and switched up started building a website um I made my very first freebie, which is what they say you should do is make a freebie to start building my email list and then launch the thing. And it all happened within 
a month. I just decided it was time and I jumped straight into it and just learned by doing. I mean, that's how I learned quilting, learn by doing. And also, I think you hit on a really important point there. You made the decision. You know, the saying yes. has been around for a long time that the the first step is the hardest step in anything. And the first step in this sort of production in doing something really new is just making the decision because you can find a thousand reasons why not. I don't know how to do this. I don't have that equipment, et cetera. But I'm curious. Oh, it, excuses. <laughs> yeah, excuse. Really, that's what they are. But we can talk ourselves right out of it instead of just take that first step and then take the next one, learn what you need to. What has been the most yeah. challenging, Sam, for you to learn? Is it new skills, new programs, video editing? What is it? Uh, all of the above. Technology in general. I mean, I grew up in the bush on a farm, you know, like getting my hands dirty. That's how I know how to learn. Uh, so sitting at the computer trying to sort it all out, it was really hard not to hit it with a hammer, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I it was a tough one. You know, I went... From just being a quilter, I learned videography, uh, website building, graphic design, video editing. I mean, we're talking about sound and lighting and all the stuff. Like graphic design, I mean, I had not a clue where I was headed there. Uh, anyhow, like so much stuff to learn. I mean, filming and thinking about the course was actually the easiest part. That was easy. Interesting. So for me, with my course anyway, the most challenging part for me was the marketing, was, you know, that email oh. series to launch it, to present it, you know, how do you make it look attractive to people? How do you get across how much you want to help them? That was the hardest part. So for me, building the course was the easy part. It's so interesting. We each have our own difficulties. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Taking that free marketing course was a game changer. Like if, and, and I would encourage anybody who's even thinking about this, look at your community and what the community does offer. Um, my course was through the regional business commerce, you know, um, so you can just look around, go to the Helping Futures or any of those organizations. They, they'll offer free training like mm -hmm. this, and that's really what, got my brain going that I could actually do this. Yeah, I agree. And actually, for me, my local library offers an amazing yeah. amount of free courses, including as a rabbit trail, you can borrow a sewing machine and take sewing classes at your local library. Did you know that? It's very cool. I did not know that. But at the same time, I mean, libraries, the, the small colleges around, there's so many resources that people just kind of forget about. Yeah, it's so true. And, um, you know, you, you do not have to invest in expensive courses or long courses. There's a lot of information that's available for free just for searching. And there's also YouTube University too. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm curious yeah. too, have you, Sam, employed help in doing this or has this been really you grassroots that's what it's sounding like but do you have someone to help with social media or are you just rowing this boat by yourself no at this moment I'm rowing by myself uh, when I first started uh, getting more into the online world like uh, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok which TikTok's going really well for me 
it's just a surprise, but um, maybe not a huge surprise because I do have a 16 and 17 year old daughter. So they kind of really guided me through TikTok and I've actually been doing really well over there. I recently had a video blow up. It's at 7.2 million views cool. as of this morning. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but it's, well, it's going I, really well I know one there. thing it means is a lot of eyes on your business. And, you know, I, I've had um, some little reels on Instagram do the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's a bit like throwing spaghetti at a wall. You don't know exactly what to do to get that result. You just keep producing your bits of content, right? And every so often you get this little burst of views in your business and it will do a lot for you. You'd be surprised. And I've been using it largely as practice as well, because I am I'm learning more about how to video what I want to get, you know, and, and learning more about the light and the sound and all the things. Um, so it was it was TikTok's been great practice. And now I'm, I'm transferring over to YouTube, where I'm doing some more long form content, and hopefully drive that towards my business. Yeah. It's, it's a win-win, right? For you, it's a way to grow visibility and awareness and to help other quilters. For the quilter, you know, all these platforms that we're talking about, aside from your course, are free. So people can Absolutely. watch and learn and learn and learn a whole lot and get to know you before they decide whether or not they want to invest in a further course. And it's a great way to learn your style and what you teach and... I don't know. I, I'm a fan of YouTube. Like you can learn so much just by going and viewing what quilters are doing. And you're just adding to the pool of quilting knowledge. And that's available for everyone. Exactly. And, and I mean, I learned so much from YouTube and actually continue to learn from YouTube to this day. And so it's super fun to be on the other side of it and start teaching there as well. Yeah, it sure is. So what's what's on the horizon for you, Sam? What new things are you doing this month? Uh, well, I took the month of January off of uh, client quilts for the most part. I still am also running like a full, like fully booked uh, long arm studio, I suppose. Quilting services, uh, right? So, quilting services, yeah. yeah. So I've got a computerized machine and my custom machine and my studio is stacking up. But I took January off and I've just been filming. I've been filming YouTubes and I'm actually filming another course. So I launched a design mini course uh, at the beginning of January. And that was just kind of testing the waters. Like I said, I needed to jump in and do something. And I had some really good success with that. It turned out really well. I'm very proud of it. And everybody who's taken the course has had nothing but nice things to say. So that's been good. Uh, so I'm ready to do a bigger, better class. And I'm going to be doing a class on ruler quilting. And specifically related to what I've been showing on YouTube mm -hmm. recently. I think there's real value in um, establishing what your style is and speaking to that. So you and I have fairly different styles. You're very much a custom quilter. You have um, innovative and fresh ideas, and I watch your content for that. I'm very much the little bit more utilitarian, edge-to-edge, -edge, you know, couch quilt kind of person. So it's really fun to get to know your specific style, and I'm so glad to see you 
focusing on all those things. So your courses have to do with designing for a custom quilt and now ruler work coming up. Yeah, you got to do what you're good at. Yes. Because that's what you're good at. It's what you're good at and it's what you're passionate about and enthusiastic about and everyone watching you feels that. I'm curious yeah, too. Sure. You know, this is coming from my experience. I had I'm a talker, so I know it's hard to believe, but I had a really hard time getting on camera. That was difficult for me. How did you find that? Did you have to, you know, make any adjustments mentally? Uh so at the end of my design mini course, I'm not sure if everybody caught it, but there is a blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's I, I'm also a talker. I, I'm best in person, I find. So transferring that onto camera has been difficult uh, to get the personality across and who you really are. Um, I'm, I think I'm still working on it. And I I do swear a lot off camera, <laughs> like on the bloopers. <laughs> I love that you included that because people are just going to feel like they know you for sure. But I do think it takes practice. I look at people like Alex Anderson is a great example, right? She's been on camera for so oh, yeah. many years. She's so smooth and so, I don't know, wonderful. And I aspire to that. But I realize that is born of practice. Absolutely. Just like anything else in reality, you know, just you got to do it. I get, learn by doing, just keep getting in front of the camera. And I am starting to notice that I'm getting better. You know, it's, it's taking a minute, but I am getting more comfortable and, and realizing that you don't have to be perfect has been a bit of a revelation to me, you know, especially when we're talking about your face and your skills and, and you know, like I'm kind of, yeah, perfectionism is not your friend when it comes to putting yourself out onto the internet. It's true. It's true. But honestly, I think it's a better choice because people don't look for perfection. People look for a person, a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like who you really are and your authentic self, not um, a camera face. You know, you have to be I mean, because when we're selling online courses or YouTube videos or whatever it is we're trying to put out there, we have to be authentically us. That is what sells it. There's another course or another video or another thing to look at or download or whatever. So we need to show what's inside us that makes our stuff different. It's true. It, there's that fine balance between professionalism and just and who you are. And I think you're doing a great job mm -hmm. of that, Sam. So your course that's coming up, tell us a little bit more about that. It's on ruler quilting, yes? Yeah, it's on ruler quilting. I'm going to start pretty simply with, you know, beginner ruler work um, and how to use it in borders specifically and within blocks is the plan. And I do have a waiting list on my website if anybody's interested in that kind of quilting. And you can go to my website. Yeah, and checking out your YouTube channel, right, will give us a good flavor of that, the type of quilting that, that you're considering. Yeah. Okay, good to know. All right, well, we will put in the show notes where you can be found, your website, 
YouTube channel, all of those things so that folks can find you. But before we go, Mm -hmm. Sam, is there some little nugget of wisdom that you want to leave with us? Doesn't have to do with quilting, but it may. It would be just learn by doing. Mm -hmm. Um, No more excuses. If you've been thinking about something for a while, just try. There's no reason why you can't try. Agreed. And you know, we've been talking about digital and online courses, but it doesn't have to do with that. If you've been thinking about trying yoga or cooking, gourmet cooking. a new style of quilting. Yeah. You know, anything. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, thanks for joining me, Sam. It's been a pleasure and all the best in your ventures. Okay. Thank you so much, Susan. Thanks so much, my friend, for tuning in. After listening to Sam, don't you just feel like you could scale a mountain? Sometimes learning a new skill feels like a mountain, doesn't it? I know it does for me. I mentioned this earlier, but it's really worth repeating. If freehand quilting is something that you've been wanting to learn and you keep finding reasons not to begin, pick up my three steps toward freehand freedom. These are just the first steps. They're very beginner level, but they'll get you going in motion. And that's really the most important thing. So there's a link in the show notes for that printable PDF, Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. Listen, if you have friends who you think would enjoy this podcast and particularly this series on business building, would you take a moment and share Measure Twice, Cut Once with them? They can use their favorite listening app or simply go to podcast.stitchedbysusan.com to choose one. Well, friends, I'm heading back to the quilting machine. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.